Today's reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 to 11. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And a hope is for you is firm, because you know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As he help us by our prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Thank you, Chloe. Uh, imagine you are on a hike on one of tra Hong Kong's trails, maybe even the men's hike this afternoon. It's been promised to you as two out of five, so an easy hike, and so you think, great. You're on your way, skies are blue, not too hot, having a good time. But as you walk along, the road starts to get a bit steeper, steeper than you thought it would, and the road surface starts to deteriorate. It's not quite what you're expecting. And when that happens, well, the first thing is you blame Nicholas, because clearly he's made a mistake. But the second thing is that in the back of your mind, you start asking questions. You start thinking, hang on a second, is this the right path? Maybe we've missed a turn somewhere. Maybe we were supposed to turn that way when we came to that sign earlier. See, the question you ask there is, what should this path look like? Well, many will describe the Christian life as a path that we walk as we follow Jesus. And in many ways, the same question applies. What does this path look like? What does the Christian life look like? And it's an important question. You see, for those who are exploring Christian things, who are looking at Jesus and, and who he is, what he says, you also want to know what would it involve for me to follow Jesus, for me to put my faith and trust in Jesus? What would that look like? It's an important question for those who have been Christian believers for a long time, because we want to know we're on the right path. And so the question we're asking is, what does the Christian life look like? Well, in this little series, in this letter of 2 Corinthians, we get something of an answer to that question. You see, this letter was written by the Apostle Paul to this church in Corinth. And the relationship between the two of them have been stretched to breaking point. A fractured relationship. You see, the Corinthian Christians were starting to question whether Paul was truly an apostle of God. See, from their perspective, he looked too weak. He wasn't impressive enough. He was too weighed down by troubles. And so they thought to themselves, how could the God of the world, the God of the whole cosmos, the God of glory, be at work through someone like Paul. 
And so in this letter, Paul explains how it is that he really is an apostle of the one true living God. And as we read that, we get an answer to our question. This is how one writer puts it. In Paul's description of what it means to be an apostle, the Corinthians are to learn what it means to be Christians. You see, the apostles were unique in their calling and their time. I imagine that not many of us here will claim to be an apostle. Hopefully none of us will claim to be an apostle. And yet that doesn't mean this isn't relevant for us. I've heard it put this way before. The life of an apostle is like the life of a Christian put on big screen. And so as Paul explains his life as an apostle, we find an answer to our question. What does it look like to be a Christian? What does the Christian life look like? And the answer we find in 2 Corinthians is that the Christian life looks really quite weak. The Christian life will be characterized by weakness. But for those who cling to Christ, they find strength in weakness. That's the theme that we'll be exploring over these next few weeks. And we'll see the same theme come up again and again in the different passages we look at. And in this morning's passage, it looks like this. There is deep comfort even in the midst of trouble. For the Christian believer, this is what it looks like to be a Christian. There is deep comfort, even in the midst of trouble. And right from the beginning, we can see how this will be both an encouragement, but also a challenge. It's a challenge because it means that the Christian life is not going to be a life that's free from trouble. It's not a trouble-free life. And yet there's deep encouragement. Because what we find is that in the midst of those troubles, there is a comfort that nothing else even compares to. There is deep comfort in the midst of trouble. And so what we're going to do is look at how Paul explains this comfort. He describes it along two dimensions. It's a comfort from God himself, and then it's a comfort that goes out to each other. Comfort from God, comfort for others. And what we'll do is we'll look at each of those in turn. And just so that you know where we're going, we'll spend most of our time on this first section, comfort from God. And so with that in mind, why don't we jump in and see how Paul describes this comfort. Verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Paul begins by praising God for the comfort he gives, this comfort that meets him in the midst of his troubles. You see, the Apostle Paul, his life was far from trouble-free. If you follow his journey through the book of Acts, you'll see that it was filled with trouble. And even in this letter of 2 Corinthians, we get descriptions of what that involved. Just listen to this list. Beatings, imprisonments, and riots. He suffered from dishonor, bad report, he was regarded as unknown. He was both stoned and shipwrecked, constantly in danger from all sorts of people, whether in the city, in the country, or even out at sea. Paul was left sleepless, hungry, cold. And through all of this, he was weighed down by an anxiety for all the churches he had invested in. Paul's life was not trouble-free. And the thing we notice as we look at Paul is that he didn't walk through all these troubles totally unscathed. See, what you 
see in Paul, you don't picture that kind of superhero that walks through the battlefield and is just completely unharmed. Paul doesn't walk this path without breaking sweat. No, he is brought low. He is brought down low time and time again. If you were to see the, uh, the Apostle Paul walking, he wouldn't be walking, just strutting around as if his life was trouble-free. No, he was brought low. And yet he keeps going. He keeps going. It's remarkable. You ask him, Paul, what's your secret? How do you keep going even through all of these troubles? Well, he gives us the answer here. This is his reflection. God is the one who comforts him. And God's comfort is what causes him to stand. See, the word comfort, you'll have noticed as Chloe read our passage, it comes up again and again, ten times here in this passage. So it's clearly an important theme for Paul. And yet, what is the comfort that he has in mind? You see, Paul isn't thinking of these empty words that just make us feel warm and fuzzy for a little bit. No, this comfort does something. It breathes life into our bones. This comfort strengthens us. This is how one writer puts it. Comfort here relates to encouragement, help, an exhortation. God's comfort strengthens weak knees and sustains sagging spirits so that one faces the troubles of life with unbending resolve and unending assurance. That's what this comfort does. In other words, how is it that Paul keeps going? His answer? God, as he comforts him, helps him, strengthens him, causes him to stand. And this comfort, he says, flows right out of God's character. See, what Paul does here, he doesn't simply give thanks to God for the comfort he receives. He praises God because, God of, because of who God is. Not just what he does, but who he is. He is the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort. It's the God we see revealed across the whole Bible. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Exodus 34. Comfort, comfort to my people, says your God. Isaiah chapter 40. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Psalm 103. This is who God is. This is what God is like. And so perhaps you can think of it this way. Imagine Paul is looking up at God from the midst of his troubles. What would Paul see? Should we picture God standing there, shrugging his shoulders, saying to Paul, what's the matter, Paul? There's no big deal. Just a little bit of trouble. Should we picture God standing there with his arms crossed, unimpressed with Paul, disappointed in him? Come on, Paul. Can't you get through this on your own? Should we picture God standing there, sighing with exasperation? <sighs> Paul, have you fallen down again? Not one bit. That is not what our God is like. Friends, if you were to hold on to something this morning, if you were to take away something from this morning, know this, our God your God 
is a father of compassion and the God of all comfort. That is who he is. And that is why Paul knows that God's comfort meets him in all his troubles. You see, that little word all in verse 4, it's tiny, and yet it makes a world of difference. See, God's comfort meets Paul even in the depths of despair. See, in verse 8 onwards, Paul gives an example of one of these troubles that he experienced. Verse 8, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. Now, it's hard to pin down exactly which event he was talking about here, but he doesn't seem to be making a big deal about the details. Perhaps the Corinthians already knew the facts of what happened. Instead, Paul seems to be emphasizing the impact it had on Paul. And so we read on. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt like we had received the sentence of death. Paul doesn't gloss over how difficult he found this. He doesn't sort of pretend that it wasn't too bad. Now here is the Apostle Paul struggling, desperately struggling. But what he finds is that God's comfort meets him even in those depths. Perhaps you can think of it this way. You know you find those vouchers and coupons every so often, or those little promos, and they promise so much. They always look so good until you look at the little small print. Free main course and a drink at any of our restaurants, except for this one, this one, and this one, and you know, only on Mondays and Tuesdays. Or those promos, save thousands of dollars, apply today, only for premier customers. God's comfort is not reserved for the strong and mighty. God's comfort is not reserved for when life is going comfortable. It's not as if God's comfort only applies when life is going well. No, God's comfort reaches down even into the depths of despair. See, what Paul discovers is that in the midst of these troubles, they don't put him beyond the reach of God's comfort. No, in the midst of these troubles, he is drawn to put his faith and trust in Jesus afresh. Verse 9 continues, But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. See, whenever we rely on ourselves, whenever we turn in on ourselves, sort of digging deep into our reserves to keep going, the comfort we bring is only ever temporary. It never lasts. But when we abandon ourselves and rely on God, the comfort we find is a comfort that nothing can take away because God is the God who raises the dead. This is resurrection hope. This is why Paul has such confidence. Verse 10, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Paul is confident. He doesn't know exactly what's going to happen. It's not that he thinks that God is going to spare him from any trouble. But he knows that even in the midst of those troubles, God will strengthen him and cause him to stand. And that is what the Christian life looks like. 
confidence, rock-solid assurance, but in the context of trouble. Like we said at the beginning, this will come with a real challenge because it means that the Christian life is not going to be free of trouble. The Christian life is not the trouble-free life. Following Jesus doesn't take us out of this fallen world immediately. Putting our faith and trust in Jesus doesn't make us immune to the pain of living in a sinful world. Even in this room, we will be familiar with the pain that comes from living in this world. Physical, mental, emotional. And then on top of that, we will be familiar with the pain that comes from clinging to Christ and a world that stands firmly opposed to Him. Perhaps we feel utterly isolated in our workplace as one who identifies as a Christian. Perhaps even in our own families. There will be people here who stand risk of losing family standing because of their allegiance to Christ. Perhaps we stand risk to lose our social standing because of our allegiance to Christ. We will know some people whose livelihoods are at risk because of this. And we will know brothers and sisters across the world, we prayed for some of them just now, whose lives are at risk because they cling to Christ. And in the midst of those troubles, we can feel so isolated. We can feel so abandoned. We can feel like giving in. How can we keep going? Or perhaps we feel like moving on, searching for the promise of a trouble-free life somewhere else. See, this comes with a real challenge. If this is what the Christian life looks like, it comes with a real challenge. But it also comes with real encouragement. Because we can know that even as we encounter troubles, that does not necessarily mean that we are walking on the wrong path. No, the right, this is the right path. Following Jesus will come with troubles. But it's along this path that we find deep comfort for our souls. God comforts us. And we know that to be true because Jesus himself walked this path before us. When Jesus came, he didn't come and live a trouble-free life. When Jesus came, he lived a life that was filled with trouble. And the path he walked led him straight to the cross. Even though he didn't do anything wrong, even though he was the only one to perfectly obey God every step of the way, he was the only one to perfectly rely on God, and yet on the cross, he died in our place. He died the death that we deserved. Utterly abandoned. His closest followers denied even knowing him. The whole crowd around him jeered, crucify him, crucify him. And then on the cross, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And as Jesus sat under the wrath of God, what Jesus did was he dealt with our deepest problem. See, at the cross, we find that Jesus went into the deepest trouble. And through that, he brings about our deep comfort. 
See, friends, when you grasp this, when you see what Jesus has done, you can find comfort for your soul. You can know that no matter how deep your depths of despair goes, that He will never leave you. He will never forsake you because Jesus was forsaken in your place. And so friends, perhaps this morning you feel like you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, you can know that your shepherd is with you and he comforts you and strengthens you. Many of you will know that the preacher and writer Tim Keller passed away a few months ago, known for faithfully proclaiming the gospel in a city that stands firmly opposed to Christ. And then after years of faithful service, he was struck by a diagnosis, aggressive pancreatic cancer. And then over the following few years, as they battled it with various treatments, he continued to teach and to write in between. And let me share with you one of the things he wrote. In the midst of that trial, he said, I can sincerely say, without any sentimentality or exaggeration, that I've never been happier in my life, that I've never had more days filled with comfort. But it is equally true that I've never had so many days of grief. This comfort from God, it doesn't ignore the reality of our troubles. It doesn't ignore the pain of those troubles, but it meets us even in the midst of those troubles. And so friends, when we encounter trouble in this life, we don't, we don't turn in on ourselves, just dig deep into our reserve to keep going. We don't move on in search of the false promise of a trouble-free life right here and right now. Now friends, in the midst of your troubles, will you draw near to God? Will you look to Jesus? In the midst of those trials, will you cling with everything you have, to the promise of the gospel, because there is deep comfort, even in the midst of trouble, for all who cling to Christ. Comfort from the God of comfort himself. But then it doesn't stop there. See, God, uh, Paul describes this comfort along two dimensions, we say. It's comfort from God, but then it's also comfort for others. You see, in verse 4, Paul continues. He praises God as the one who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. He sees a purpose here. He sees an opportunity here. It's as if his role kind of shifts a little bit. Not only is he the recipient of God's comfort, he becomes the agent of God's comfort. To others. Again, not because Paul is somehow above troubles or that he's strong and impressive. He's not comforting people out of his own reserves. No, he is comforting others out of what he has received, which is really quite remarkable. Because what that means is that the comfort that he shares is the very same deep comfort from God himself. And then in verses 5 to 7, Paul sort of expands on and explains the background to this. 
Um, you may have noticed as we read through before, the logic can be a little bit hard to follow. And I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you. These verses have caused me great trouble for many days. But I think this is what Paul is doing here. He explains why it is that he can comfort others. Verse 5. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. You see, for Paul, his life was totally bound up with Christ. And so his experience, his life pattern followed Jesus' pattern. And so as one who identified with Jesus, he also suffered. But as one whose life was bound up to Christ, he also experienced comfort through Christ. Kind of what we've seen already, right? And then in verse 6, he shows the result of this. If we are distressed, literally, if we are troubled, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. See, as Paul endures trouble, as he proclaims the gospel, the gospel goes out. It went out to the Corinthians. So as Paul experienced trouble, they received salvation and comfort. But it, there's more. See, as Paul then receives comfort in the midst of those troubles, that comfort then goes out to the Corinthians. As Paul comforts others with the comfort that he received. And you'll notice what this comfort does. Just like we saw before, this comfort enables them to endure the same sufferings that Paul endured. And so verse 7, we get a summary, sort of. Uh, our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Like we said before, Paul is unique. His calling was specific, and this is he's talking about himself as an apostle ministering to the Corinthians. And yet the pattern remains. In fact, even in his description of the Corinthians pattern, it sounds so similar, doesn't it, to Paul's own pattern. The sufferings that they experienced were the same as what Paul experienced. The comfort that he rece they received was the same as what Paul received. And the same applies to us. Just like them, we can comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves have received. And once again, this gives us an answer to our question. This is what the Christian life looks like. And it gets really exciting here. Because it's not simply what the Christian life looks like as an individual. What we find here is what the Christian life looks like as a church, as a community. Put it this way, this isn't just an encouraging word to each of us as individuals and then we take it off into our own separate lives. This is a word to us, to ambassador. This is what the Christian life looks like. And so once again, it comes with a challenge. As we think about our life as a church, it means that church is going to be filled with people whose lives are filled with trouble. Church is not going to be a trouble-free place. Now, if we're honest, we find it much easier to be with those who seem like their lives are free from trouble. Now, we move towards them, and we avoid those whose lives seem to be mired in trouble. We move away from them. And so there's a real challenge here. Friends, if you want to be part of a community that is trouble-free, that is just polite and professional, 
church is not the place for you. There's a real challenge here. But there's also real encouragement. Because if you want to be part of a community where people move towards each other in the midst of their troubles, then that is precisely what we are called to be as a church. Where we move towards each other in the midst of our troubles. You see, church is not a place where you have to pretend that everything is okay. As you come here on a Sunday morning, you walk through Pacific Place, as you come up the elevator, you don't have to sort of prepare yourself and make sure that you can present a facade where you find life easy. When you walk through those doors at the back, you don't have to walk through and look impressive. Now, this is a place where we limp along together. This is a place where we give and receive comfort. And so perhaps you're here this morning and you feel utterly unimpressive. Perhaps you feel really weak, given the week that you had. Weighed down by troubles, barely making it through the week, barely making it here this morning. We can think to ourselves, how could the living God be at work through someone like me? And yet what we find here is that if you are someone who is clinging to Christ, if you are someone who has received the comfort of God in Jesus Christ, then you have a ministry of comfort. Not just a ministry of giving empty words that make people feel warm and fuzzy, but a ministry of sharing the comfort of God himself. Perhaps you wouldn't have thought this way before you came here this morning. But through you, the God of comfort himself could bring deep comfort to a brother or sister. Through you, God could give that brother or sister the assurance, the hope that he will never leave them, that he will never forsake them because Jesus was forsaken in their place. And so in the midst of our troubles, friends, we don't move away from each other. We don't avoid each other. Friends, will you move towards each other? Because there is deep comfort for each other in the midst of trouble. And so as we draw to a close, we'll finish where we started. What does the Christian life look like? Not just as individuals, but as a church. What does it look like? Well, it will be filled with trouble. But we draw near to God. We draw near to each other. Because there is deep comfort for all who cling to Christ. Jesus himself says, In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you that you are the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. We thank you that your comfort meets us in the midst of our troubles. We thank you that as we look up to you and cry out to you in the midst of our troubles, you care. You show compassion. 
And we pray that by the power of your spirit, you would help us to grasp afresh the comfort we can have in Jesus Christ and that you would then enable us to share and minister that comfort to each other here today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.